Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. I don't want to talk about fantasy football this week, Rick. I hate it. I know. It's terrible. It's you awful. Know, and our producer does too for some reason. Why? Because he didn't win either. Well, he put up 98 points. <laughs> I had a – It was triple league. digits. Thank oh, you. Congratulations. Six leagues I managed, Rick. Five of them I played Tyreek Hill this week. Right. Five of six. I hate fantasy football. But you should. Tell us why. I you just started did. him five times and you lost all of them in your No, no, no. I played against him five times. Oh, I got you. And he only put up about 45 well, ish points okay, right. in uh, PPR formats. And uh, I went over for the what week. What are the odds of drawing that if you think about it? You know, drawing that schedule out of six leagues, you pick, you have five opponents with Tyreek Hill. It's my fantasy karma. That's the way it goes. But uh, you shouldn't hate fantasy football, so stick around for the next 30 minutes to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show at Chaos and Disorder on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com if you want to reach out and touch the show where the bathing suit covers. You probably still like fantasy football. Unlike me, you're probably not completely incompetent, so check it out. we got to get right into it. 30 minutes here. This show is packed and stacked, especially from the back. So we're going to bring back some old favorites here, give you some starts and sits, and go to the mailbag for all of your dumb questions because I'm certain that they are. But we get we start out, Rick. I'm excited That's to bring. Very kind. Oh, am I, I'm I'm Telling angry our today because you you've lost right six straight games in your legs in week one. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're sitting there in plain English. You're saying. I haven't won a game, so your questions will be stupid. Right. Okay. Yeah, we we understand each other. Okay, gotcha. So, so we got to bring back, Rick, a, a fan favorite. Well, certainly one of my favorites for this week. Game ball goes to. Game ball stinky socks, Rick. I will let you start this show. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me flip through. So you can tell I'm back to old school now. Oh, boy. I've got my paper. So, you, so you're done with the uh, little thumb drive that you used to carry around and then cuss and swear because you left it somewhere three out of every four shows. Well, I have it here, and I couldn't find anything on it. So I got my <laughs> tablet, and I can find things on my tablet. Why don't you just, just go with the tablet? I like Stick it. Stick with that. Paper. Enough we with the thumb drive. keep down trees, keep the lumber industry going. I mean, realistically, a thumb drive's 20-year-old technology, so you might as well just go with the notepad. What is the modern technology, I guess? You do it on the notes in your phone or on your a pad. The cloud. The cloud, yeah. I'm not sure what that is, but that seems to be a big thing that the kids do nowadays. Get you the cloud. I don't know if I want the cloud. Not that cloud of drug-induced haze you spent most of the 70s and 80s in. Like, it's a different kind of cloud. Quite frankly, that's hurtful. Hurtful because it's true. Now, give me a game ball or a stinky sock so we can stop talking about fantasy football. Game ball goes to. Oh, you you don't. uh... Game ball goes to. Why didn't you push the Amari button? Amari Cooper. Man, wh- he's back, man. That is That just looked – not that he really went anywhere, but, boy, with Dak back, you can just see – even in a losing effort, you can't you can't fault them. 13 for a buck 39, two touchdowns. He looked good, too. What I was impressed by in that game, there seemed to be enough to go around. I'll be curious going forward – Ezekiel Elliott isn't going to get that little usage going forward. Right. He's going to get back to 18, 20, 23 touches a game. 
what that disbursement looks like between him and C.D. Lamb because there's plenty to go along. Hell, Gallup was putting up good numbers until he, until he got hurt. Yeah, so, so, I mean, when you throw the ball 172 times, which conservatively I think is what Dak Prescott threw it. But, look, Amari Cooper's always been uncoverable. It's about staying on the field for him. If he stays healthy – he is the guy there as much as I love C.D. Lamb, and I still think C.D. Lamb pushes 100 receptions this year. But Amari Cooper, that's almost an average stat line for him if he's healthy and things are going well. You're right. And he, and he looks good. There's no doubt about that. And with Gallup going on IR, like just like you said, boy, what a dynamic duo right yeah. there and plenty to go around. Yeah, Cedric Wilson probably less involved than a Michael Gallup would be when teams have time to right. game plan. All right, Rick, I'll stick with it. Stay positive here. I'm, I'm going to go a little outside the norm. We could just name players who played well that we expected sure. to play well. Corey Davis, Rick, five catches on yep. seven targets, 97 yards, two touchdowns. I bring him up for this reason. We all tend to avoid these guys on hor- horrific teams. Corey Davis is a guy they, they demonstrated last week that they're just going to send Zach Wilson back there, let him scramble around, and throw it as high and as far as he can. That's kind of Corey Davis's game. I think this is what you see, a, a low reception output, although five catches is nothing to sneeze at. It's right. not certainly not Darren Waller territory. But he's going to haul him in. He's going to make – get long touches, long scores, and I think this is a pretty average stat line for Corey. Not the two touchdowns. You can't predict that. I'm not certain the Jets score two touchdowns before Thanksgiving now, but 97 yards, two TDs. This is a guy worth a flex play week in and week out. He's the favorite target of a quarterback who's just going to fling it. I will take that all day, every day. Makes you nervous. He'll probably throw up some clunkers. There'll be games where Zach Wilson can't get the ball over the line of scrimmage, I grant you. But I think this is a pretty average stat line for Corey Davis, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, and like you said, you know, um, teams that just look pathetic on paper and so forth, you tend to avoid these guys in the draft, and probably rightfully so when when there's quality players out there on, you know, potent offenses. But – these are pros, and every offense on the 32 teams, somebody's going to score. Yeah, somebody somebody's has to going catch to ball. catch some passes. Exactly. They're going to throw the ball 45 times every game, especially when they're behind. They're going to complete a few of them, and somebody has to catch them. And, and I think we forget that too often in fantasy football. I agree 100%. Okay, I will go. Let's go with my. Yeah, go right to the negative. Yeah, baby. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yeah. It was just, I mean, it's so obvious, but the reason he gets a a triple dosed in in pig urine, stinky sock. Pig urine? Yes. Is in the press conference, in the press conference, he was, you know, basically pretty short. Then he goes, yeah, I, I suppose we went into that game overconfident. Okay, you're playing the New Orleans Saints. Okay, maybe they're not the same Saints they were five years ago. But this is still a pretty good football team. Right. They took Green Bay to the woodshed. So, and because all of your diva drama in the offseason, you waltz into camp and say, okay, why even worry about these guys? When's the NFC champion? Yeah, let's just go, go to the playoffs right now. 
I mean, you would think somebody 37, 38, whatever he is, has been around long enough to know you get spanked any any week by any team, and yet we went into the week one overconfident. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, listen back to uh, Chaos and Disorder if you haven't already, shame on you. But we, we have a much, much longer discussion on this. But kind of the, the long and short of it is I'm really curious to see. I think it's easy to blame this on him spending the whole offseason in Hawaii smoking pot, being a hip, dirty hippie, <laughs> and bitching about the Packers' front office and being unprepared, being unready, perhaps being disinterested. So is it that? We're not going to know this week playing Detroit. You know, If he shows up stoned, he's going to throw for 752 yards against that Detroit defense. Look at what Jimmy Garoppolo just did to them. It's hard to know who he's going to be at right now, but – now, you got him at a discount, and hopefully you brought somebody else in. But I'm nervous about the long-term prospects for Aaron Rodgers because I'm nervous he's disinterested. He's checking the box. He's getting his service time in right now, knowing he's out of there at the end of the year. I would think at some point the, competitive, the weed would wear off and the competitive fire would come back. But I don't know. He looked like a man that was completely and utterly disinterested, and that's what concerns me. Look, exactly. Every quarterback in the league, every one of them has had a game like Aaron Rodgers just had. My issue was he didn't seem like he gave a damn. No, that's exactly. That's what bothered that, me. That, that's what I had no patience Yeah, for. that's the only excuse you can come up with. We were overconfident. Right. Yeah, dream on. I mean, come on. All right. What do we got here? Oh, there was plenty of these to go around, Rick, and this might be – this isn't really deserved, but I bring it up so I can bring up a bigger point. You see how we do this here. There's a method to our madness. I'm going to give one to Mike Evans, three receptions, 24 yards. This is something, if you're going to mess around with Tampa Bay – you're going to have to learn to live with this. Tom Brady, historically, everyone knows, doesn't give a damn about your fantasy football team. <laughs> Next week, it could very well be Mike Evans with nine catches, 142 yards, two TDs, and Chris Godwin with nothing, or Antonio Brown with nothing. Right. There's a lot of miles to feed there. <laughs> Gronk's going to get those red zone targets. It's going to be up and down. You got to play these guys. You got to start them every week. They probably at least Godwin and and Evans finished top eighteen fantasy. Antonio Brown could put himself in that conversation. Maybe he becomes the breakout guy. I'm giving Mike Evans the stinky sock only to get the opportunity to tell you don't panic, don't sell. You know, unless somebody's throwing DeAndre Hopkins at you, which they're not going to do. Hold on. Most weeks you're going to be fine, but I really don't see a scenario where all three of these guys get fed. So you're just going to kind of have to live with it every now and again. And this week was Mike Evans' week, and you know Tom Brady's going to find that matchup and exploit it and exploit it and exploit it. I've never seen anybody, him and Belichick, better than they won't get away with it just because they from it just because they feel like they have to. They will just keep yep. hammering. He will keep chopping wood. And, and this week it was A.B. And, and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans had to eat it. So calm down is what I'm telling you. Yeah, and he was actually one of my stinky socks as well. And, you know, do keep an eye on him because – you know, there are a ton of miles to feed. And, and as fantasy owners, you better get used to the fact that Gronk's in town for the second year now. Right. And they've got a lot of history together, him and Brady. 
And just like you mentioned before, when the red zone comes around, he's not looking for Evans. No. He's not no. looking for A.B. He's looking for Gronk. Right. Yeah. yeah he, he's target one, and the other guys will be secondary. But to your point, maybe next week Evans may have yeah. the 10 catches and Brown has one. It's so. just it's going to be frustrating being being an owner of one of those – one of that group of receivers. You got it. goes On a more positive note, I'm going to, going to take a page out of your uh, book and kind of go off off the grid here. As you should. Mark Ingram. You know, all of a sudden, you know, Houston, we, we know they didn't really trust David Johnson, but 26 carries. Only had the 85 yards. He had a touchdown. 3.3 yards a carry. Johnson only managed 3.3. Philip Lindsay only had managed 3.1. Johnson and Lindsay, I think, had 15 total carries between them. Ingram had 26. I mean, showing he can still be a workhorse when they have to. And, you know, they're not playing Jacksonville every week, obviously, no. but they beat them. Everybody was picking Jacksonville to beat them. So, I mean, it, it was a good game. And Taylor played well. Yeah, and, and I think – It'll be interesting to see going forward because I had in my mind going into the season and the way I drafted, not that I have a whole lot of Texans running back shares, but but I have a few, and I had it completely backwards. I figured it'd be Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, Mark Ingram, you know, right. and that was completely flipped on its head. Look, Mark Ingram's the definition of a pro, right? He's he's kind of been the workhorse at times. He's kind of been that complimentary piece. I think what we're seeing is David Johnson is in as that third down pass receiving back. They're not going to count on him to run the football. I don't know what happened after that elbow injury. He hasn't been able yeah. to hit a hole, run the football anymore. So and that's kind of fits into Philip Lindsay's, you know, I guess I guess what I'm saying, hindsight being 2020, maybe we should have seen this coming. David Johnson and Philip Lindsay are closer to similar type of players than Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is at least built, and his history is more of that workhorse back that grinded out three, four yards of carry. I think this is going to be a pretty familiar stat line with him, 60 to 80 yards. He's going to get in the end zone a lot. You know, I think you know, if you want zero RB, he's a good RB too. He's certainly a good bye week replacement, sure. you know, a desperation flex spot. I think if you can almost get guarantee yourself that touchdown I'm surprised I, I really I didn't think it would go that way but now that I saw it play out it makes sense it's kind of like the, the smack in the forehead it was well of course that's how it was gonna and go and of course you know word of caution because you know as, as much as you know they had a good game this week they're they're a terrible team they're gonna fall behind a lot you may see more of Philip Lindsay right as, as they fall behind as more of of this grinded out workhorse at Ingram yet you can still get red zone opportunities with him. So, um, like you said, I I think he is – it's him and Lindsey much more than Johnson. All right, what do we got? I'm going to give a game ball to Jamal Williams, Rick. Only nine rushes, gets a 36-yard, gets a touchdown. I bring him up because I want to bring up DeAndre Swift. Also, only 11 carries, 39 yards, but eight catches on 11 targets, gets in the end zone. This is going to be the rare good – two-headed back this brings me to mind of your favorite tandem ever and yeah. Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams this feels like that it's going to be frustrating as a DeAndre Swift owner because you drafted him much earlier than you did Jamal Williams he's going to steal some red zone 
Not all of them, but he's going to steal some. He's going to get drives. But I think both of these guys are fantasy relevant. I still think DeAndre Swift, with these type of reception numbers and the way they're going to be behind, I think the way that game played out is the Mm -hmm. way most Detroit Lion games are going to play out, which means 8, 9, 10, 12 targets in the passing game for Swift. Williams still getting his, is able to put up numbers as an RB3, as a bi-week replacement. Both these guys are playable. Jamal Williams is not just the handcuff to DeAndre Swift. He he stands on his own. He's not going to put up big numbers, right. but he's going to be usable and stand on his own. Right, and, and as crazy as he sounds in, in the press conferences, Dan Campbell, I think, has instilled at least a fire right. of competitiveness in this Detroit Lions team, which they haven't seen in years. No, quite to, frankly, to come back and cover that spread like they did. <laughs> Not that I'm into those <laughs> no. type of things, but. But Lions teams of the past would have lost that game by 40, not brought it back to within eight. Exactly. And no the line might that. have been eight and a half if you're into that type of thing. So yeah. that, that two-point conversion was is. a big deal. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is. But uh, anyway, where are we at here? Oh, you're just nothing but positivity today. Oh, that's right. I should have hit stinky. So that's all right. We'll do a game ball. Don't worry about that. I have to give one because everybody knows that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, you know, that's going to be a pretty good offense. I've given a a game ball to the Arizona defense. They didn't score a touchdown, but six sacks, a pick, two fumble recoveries. They only gave up 248 total yards to Tennessee. Yeah. And, I mean, that was impressive. Chandler Jones, five sacks. That, yeah. That's a way to open up a season. I just go ahead and take take off until Thanksgiving. You get rested up and go out and do it again. You can still have double-digit <laughs> sacks. That, that was impressive. All right, Rick, I'm going to wrap it up the way we should. boy. I'm going to stay in Tampa Bay. I am obsessed with Tampa Bay here. Ronald Jones, how about four rushes for 14 yards, a fumble, only takes six snaps, and then he's on the bench. This is going to be another frustrating situation. And you wonder what it's going to look like. I think we dismissed Gio Bernard coming down there. You saw him getting a lot of third down work. Ronald Jones doesn't scream third down back to me. So. He's got no margin Neither for error. Neither does Leonard Fournette. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> and Leonard Fournette cannot catch a football. I've never seen anybody more horrific at catching footballs in, in my life than Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones, but his margin. Swede. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a bl- – wow. I, I, <laughs> I didn't think that would come up. But, yes, all right, you're right about that. But, yeah – the margin for error for Ronald Jones is razor thin. He makes a mistake. He puts the ball on the ground. This is going to happen. He's going to be gone. They trust Gio Bernard. He's going to be that third down back. He's the better blocker. Ronald Jones has potential for big gains, but I don't know how you ever trust starting him unless you're really in injury by week hell. You know, somebody who may put up something but took a took a wild, what, negative uh, six, I believe. So, yeah. You yeah. stink, Ronald. You <clears throat> and- stink. I've been defending him for two years, and he keeps stinking, and I don't like it. I don't blame you. Quit a bit. stinking. And to to piggyback off of that, they Twitter was going just having a big old time that Ronald Jones out of the doghouse is named the starter for next week, and there was actually a tweet out there that said. And, I, and I'm pulling it up right now. That actually said, 
who am I sitting this week? Can only play three running backs and already starting Rojo, so need two more. Also, Rojo's the obvious one. Obvious one. Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson. Wait, he so, was going to sit one of those. for. He had to be being facetious. So, no. So, just, you know, being me, I, <laughs> I didn't vote. I just wrote, sit Rojo, right? And I got a response, not going to do it. <laughs> I mean, what is what is with it? Because he's out of Bruce Arians' doghouse. He's going to be the second yeah. coming of Earl Campbell he, he, all of he a could, sudden? He could marry Bruce Arians' daughter. It doesn't make him <laughs> even a, a tenth of the running back one of those guys. Are. I, I agree. He I mean, had to be trolling. Had to be doing it, trying to get you fired up. Actually, no. There were some actually some other interactions, you know, about why are you starting Jones and so forth, and he's out of the doghouse. He's going to be the guy. It's a high, you know, and all this kind of crap. And it just, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't either. But I do like looking back into the, you know, Briggs on Twitter. You, you've been inactive lately for those listening to Chaos and Disorder. It's two weeks in a row. I haven't really been able to find anything. I've been busy. That's a lie. So I'm just playing the music because... It is fun. Yeah. That's a great music. Hey, we could have a sound effect for no tweets. Boo! <laughs> That's creepy. I don't, I don't like it one bit. All right, Rick, let's move on. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. A couple starts and sits, for God's sake. <laughs> Let me get to my paper. Why don't you start? i got to find right. it here. Well, who are we going to start here? Who are we going to start? I'll tell you, the most toxic man in fantasy football. Here's somebody who I'm starting. Jarvis Landry, a completely forgotten man in fantasy football drafts this year, going up against the Texans, who are awful, on a Cleveland team that's going to be really mad after the way they bungled it up last week. OBJ, a surprise late scratch. Wouldn't be surprised if it happens again, but certainly he's not 100% healthy. And he just keeps doing it. Another five catches, 71 yards, gets a couple of rushes, 13 yards. Jarvis Landry is going to have his football, his hands on the football early and often, get him in a flex spot, quit overthinking it. People for six years have been disrespecting my man, and it's got to stop. Yeah, real thing about Jarvis Landry, and I was the same way. I agree with you 100% because we've touted him way back. Remember oh. that, that jerk? Oh, that article. And, oh, yeah, I was yeah. so mad. And I can't even remember who wrote it. We should have kept I'd remembered his name because I called him every name in the book over the right. air for a while. Of yes, course, he never I, responded. I wholeheartedly agree. And I'll tell you another one here. Mike Williams, uh, you know, the patient's – been kind of thin on Mike Williams, you know, and deservedly so throughout his career. Always underwhelming. But I'll tell you what, if week one's an indication, make sure you get him in there because he's looking good right now. Eight catches, 82 yards, a touchdown. Um, Herbert looking his way. And, you know, that that's a pretty good offense. So don't sleep on Mike Williams. I think this could be the year he may emerge as one of these guys. It's like, you know, I'm going to get him next year. If he does, I am going to be so furious I won't be able to stand it. I have rostered this guy year over year, and he's just taking up space. And he'll put up a game like this and then disappear for six weeks. So he makes me nervous. 
But this Justin Herbert offense is a little bit different. Right. You know, we'll see. This it wasn't some clown team. This wasn't the Jaguars they did this against either. You know, we everybody thought, and I still believe, Washington's still going to have a pretty good defense. So, so let's hope. This is one I'll be monitoring. But this is the first year I avoided Mike Williams everywhere, deliberately let, left him out there hanging. So, of course, this is how we Yeah, and if it back. hangs true with, with the Justin Herbert offense, they're playing Dallas this week, you almost guaranteed to see a shootout. Right. Oh, and, yeah. and so, I mean, I cannot see passing him up at all. All right, my sit this week, it goes with the theme of my day, Rick, but I'm sitting Mike Davis going up against Tampa Bay this weekend. Look, people still can't seem to get it through their heads. You cannot run the ball against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You cannot do it. They're going to be flinging the thing everywhere. That's an awful, terrible matchup. The the Falcons looked worse than I thought they would be, and they can't be that anemic all year. But you're not running the ball against the Bucs. It ain't going to happen. I know he's probably your RB2. That's where you drafted him. Find you an alternative. It's going to be a horrific week. Let's not forget they were so dominant against Ezekiel Elliott one week ago, they just quit trying. After the first quarter, they said, no, we're done with that. We're going to take Dak Prescott and his bum shoulder and have him throw the ball 78 times. They didn't even bother trying anymore with one of the five best in the league. Mike Davis can go ahead and take the week off for your fantasy squad. Yeah, and the only way that he's not going to take a week off is if Matt Ryan get his head out of his ass and learn how to throw the football again. <laughs> but he I looked mean, bad. I, he looked so as bad, bad as Rodgers did. Right. I mean, Calvin Ridley. I mean, Russell Gage had no catches. He only had two targets. I mean, I don't know what Ryan was even doing out there. Kyle Pitts did nothing. Yeah. And, I mean, he threw for – I did like Pitts getting it was eight or nine targets. I right. can't remember, so I feel a little better about it. Probably over that. his head by six well, feet. Yeah, I couldn't see yeah. it, but I mean, apparently Matt Ryan was a it was oh, a hey. terrible show. Yeah, it was a train wreck. Yeah, no doubt about that. Okay, what are we doing? A sit? Yeah, sit someone. I tell you what, Devontae Parker. You know, I I know a lot of people high on him and deservedly so over the last couple of years, but he's not the number one anymore, and Tua is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, they've got a good defense. They can get it. They've got a decent run game. But I just don't think you're going to find any big numbers out of Tua or Devontae Parker. No, no. I think Jalen Waddle has really established himself as the number one. But I think they're going to struggle passing the ball. Yeah, Tua really did look bad. All right, Rick, let's get into it. Get your sack out, your, your satchel, your old dirty sack. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. What did you what you yeah, what did you think of? Did you think I was actually asking you to take your pants down? Well, I started love doing you my belt, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Holly Honda said, no, 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 the mailbag. <laughs> the look of panic in your eyes was, was befuddling. Well, the look in his was pretty, pretty <laughs> funny, too, I must say. All right, you got your Yay. dirty sack out. <laughs> yeah, hang on a minute. Quit Let giving yourself my... yays and read the damn email. All right. You're all ready. So you just reached in and took one out at random because there's so many of them. Yeah. I mean, not not as much as we wanted, but, um, you know, about with our abbreviated show, we have enough to fill it up. Rob writes in a PPR format. All right. Kyle Pitts or Dallas Goddard. Or Goddard for our English-speaking friends. I've heard it pronounced both ways, so. No, you're the only one I've ever no, heard call true. it Goddard. And 
he's heard himself say it. Yeah. I mean, have you heard anyone else say that? No. 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 So I don't know what broke dick network Ew. you're watching. <laughs> You stay up there, you animal. Uh, Pitts against Tampa Bay. Goddard, does it matter? You know. Give me Goddard. I I want to play Pitts. Pitts was drafted on this guy's team. Yeah. And probably Goddard was the the fill-in. But I'll tell you what. We saw them targets compared to Ertz. Ertz is – not a thing anymore. No. Yeah, and that that's what I want to start. Can I do the hedge where if you – no, because nobody's in a must-win situation in week two. I was going to do the hedge. Goddard's the safe play. Kyle Pitts for the I'll home tell you run. What, if you want the safe play or you want the high ceiling, let's put it that yeah. way. I think the high ceiling is in Pitts's corner, but, you know, the safer play to me is Goddard. Yeah, Goddard's probably the better play. Pitts, you know, although I own him literally everywhere, I overdrafted him. I was that high on him. I don't hate you waiting and seeing, right? Play Goddard. He's a safe play. He's going to get you 40 50 60 yards he's probably going to get in the end zone go ahead and play it safe unless you need him you know if you're playing somebody with the Tyree kill Pat Mahomes stack or something and you right. know you're going to need points then then go with Pitts. but play it safe with Goddard this week all right Clay writes and this is a PPR format as well as it should be we're starting Amari Cooper and T Higgins all right would you go with Mike Evans or Juju as your wide receiver three? Oh, Mike Evans or Juju. It is a PPR. You know what? I'm going Mike Evans. I think this is his week. He comes all the way back. He gets his this week. They all three could put up 400 yards each, quite honestly, against that pathetic Falcons team. Mike Evans is the the better player. I agree, Cooper. I agree, Higgins. Then I think number three there, I put Evans. I let Juju ride it out. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree. I don't know who you have for a flex if you play a flex, but maybe Juju might be a good flex play. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to go Evans as well. All right, let's see. Trey writes, PPR, and I think I already know where you're going with this one after your starts and sets. All right. Chase Edmonds or Mike Davis? Well, certainly Chase Edmonds. Don't don't love yeah. Chase Edmonds, to be honest with you. Didn't wasn't crazy about his usage, but yeah, it's going to be a rough, rough day for Mike Davis. I'm, I'm yeah, avoiding I think him I, everywhere. You have to go with Edmonds right now. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I'd have probably said Davis. Yeah, oh, but, I definitely would. And, and we still may later on in the year if if Matt Ryan decides that he knows how to throw again. I don't know. And really, to me, still, this is more about Tampa Bay's defense than True. than Mike Evans running the football. Okay. Ooh, blow it up. Here we go again. All right. Early on. All right, Kyle writes, I had a trade offer. I was offered George Kittle and McCole Hardman for Terry McLaurin and Noah Fant. McLaurin and Fant. You know, if Fitzpatrick wasn't on IR, I, I think, no, you stay right where you're at. Because I don't think Hardman is still going to put up huge numbers. And Kittle, I don't know, man. I, you know, obviously we've seen what he can do. Well, yeah, we saw what he did just this last yeah, week. I know. 
Boy, this is a tough one. It when it, when tough it's one. this tough, I don't make. The, I don't like giving up George Kittle. Or no, he's getting George. He's getting Kittle. Kittle for and Hardman for McLaurin and Fant. All right, and Fant put up what do you have? Six for sixty-two. Didn't score. Kittle had the big day. The, what the question becomes is the distance between McLaurin and Hardman closer or further away than the distance between Fant and Kittle. Right. I wish I knew who else Trey had right. in terms of the Kyle, wide re- Trey. or Kyle. Yeah. Trey was the question before. Right. The, the, you know what? No. I'm not going to overthink this thing. If I can get George Kittle, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's close, though. Well, now I'm – hold on. I'm second-guessing. I would love to know who his other receivers are yeah. because – McLaurin obviously was probably his wide receiver one or two. Yeah, yeah, he'd be your first receiver taken, I would think, unless he went receiver receiver right. to start. Oh, you know, Kyle, why are you doing this to us so early in yeah, the year here? Yeah. It's, it's, you know what? I I come back and try to get a bump better than Hardman. You don't have to be much past Hardman, but Hardman's useless, right? I mean, he's utterly useless. I'll never understand an offense that dynamic. How a guy that fast. I guess because he's just the, the broke dick version of Tyreek Hill, I guess, is yeah. his problem. He'd be a star anywhere else. You know what? I'm taking it back. I'm changing it. Fant gives you six for 62 every week. You're fine right there. Stan Pat. Uh, that final answer. Even without Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Might be better for McLaurin without Fitzpatrick, quite frankly. Would have liked to have seen it. But I, I – boy, I'll tell you what – Hardman to me is what does it. Yeah, you're basically. I don't want him. It's Kittle for two yeah. other guys. Yeah, are, are you giving up McLaurin and Fant for Kittle? Right. One could make that argument. Yeah, sir. Sure, sure you know you what? Could. If this is week six or seven, maybe you could make that argument. I'm not making that move in week two. No. Okay, one more. Yeah, thank we God. Have time. We got one on air too from Cole. Whenever you're done. Okay, Steve writes. Who would you take in PPR? Chase Edmonds, Neam Hines. Uh, PPR, I liked Hines' usage. Who's Indy have this week? I don't even remember. I mean, you look at the stat line, they're pretty much identical. Hines had 34 rushing yards, 6 for 48 catches. Edmonds, 63 rushing yards, 4 for 43. You can make a case for either one of them. Indy is playing Rams. The Rams. The Rams. So I would have I'm going Edmonds in this instance. Not saying no, I would you know, maybe next week it might be Hines, but I think yeah. thinking this matchup I'm going Edmonds. Yeah, I think the matchup's a little better there. So yeah. Yeah, I, yeah that one's close. Yeah. Hines, I I don't mind playing him, especially in a PPR week Not in and week out. I think we see how much work he's gonna get, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna just go with Edmonds here. Right. Okay, mister. You said you had one over there by Cole. Cole kept it really simple. Cole Gate, our former producer. Could be. Plausible. Is Jawan Johnson a thing? Three targets, three receptions, 21 yards, but two of the three receptions were touchdowns. And a thin tight end class. Not yet. You know, I mean, look. Jameis Winston had five touchdowns, but he passed for 148 yards. He passed for 148 yards and no touchdowns. Now, you take those touchdowns away from him, who's even, who even cares? So, not yet. I'm not saying, you know, just put the brakes on right now. Don't start throwing him in there because he has two touchdowns. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess by if he if is he a thing? Is he worth rostering? Yeah. Am I ready to start him yet? No. But I I think you roster him. You know, I, sure. I think there's going to be yeah. a big. I think we tend to see tight end production a little higher than it's going to be later in the year, earlier in the year. I will never do the research to see if that's true, but everybody but Mike Gusecki feels like they had a good game at tight end this week, so <laughs> don't get me started on that one. Somebody <laughs> I, I targeted oh, early. Oh, you happen to have him in a couple in legs, a, In yeah. a couple, yeah. <laughs> okay. I kind of thought it'd be a big year for him, and, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he caught as many balls as you did last week. I would roster him, certainly. I'm not ready to start him yet. It, I wouldn't mind that Bubba Frank stat line every week, you know, right? Two catches, seven yards, and right. two touchdowns. If he'd do that every week, you'd play him in a heartbeat. I kind of look at it as Jameis and him had a rapport last year being backup quarterback and former wide receiver. So is Jameis, do they have chemistry? Or is he specifically seeking him out down there? It's hard to say. I, I'm not sure. I mean, with – it very well could be. And plus – I mean, with a baby Megatron as your nickname, yeah, that bodes well for you. Yeah. Smith on IR. They've got a little chemistry. Uh, Troutman's been banged up. They're not a safety blanket there. He's – may start looking to somebody familiar. You know what? Spend all your free agent dollars on Get them all. Every Spend penny all 200 of them. Of them every last Get them. All right, well, let's get out of here. Good luck this week in all your leagues. Of course, you can send asylumfootball at gmail.com. We will answer questions right up until kickoff. Go back and check out Chaos and Disorder on Twitter, at Chaos and, at Chaos and Disorder, Chaos and Disorder Pod on Facebook, where you can hear all our game picks, get your bookie on the line. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel. Until then, we'll see you. Take care.